And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. 15. Today's team preview puts the microscope on the surging Blue Jays. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have not had uh, three cold brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, February 15th. I'm Al Melker, and with me here for this episode is Michael Beller. And Michael, it's time to talk about the Blue Jays. Of course, they've been busy this offseason, and the focus has been uh, widely on uh, George Springer and Marcus Simeon. But I think that those, uh, those acquisitions could have a domino effect on some of the other hitters in the lineup. Absolutely, Alan. I am just happy to be freed from the NL Central. We had three episodes of you and me, three out of four, where we were stuck in the <laughs> NL Central and talking about these teams that don't seem to want to compete right here. We've got a team in the Blue Jays that is very much trying to actually go out there and win and putting some money behind it this season. So I'm excited to get this one going. I am too. And so joining us and uh, adding uh, to uh, the, the excitement here and the knowledge is uh, Caitlin McGrath, uh, who is the Athletics beat writer for the Blue Jays. And uh, she does a fantastic job of covering the team. So Caitlin, we're really uh, happy to have you here on with us. And uh, thanks for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me, you guys. <laughs> well, our, our pleasure. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we just referred to the lineup, which has been uh, bolstered with those uh, free agent signings. But I want to talk uh, about Tasker Hernandez, because uh, I've seen at least in one source where he's projected to hit cleanup. And obviously he's coming off of a great short season in 2020. Is that enough to really cement him as an everyday hitter in the lineup? And if that's the case, where do you think he'll wind up hitting? Yeah, Teoscar Hernandez is a really interesting player for the Blue Jays. He's been one of those guys that you could see the potential for a really long time, and that's why the Blue Jays front office has kind of been so high on him and had so much belief in him because, you know, you could see the potential, the ball coming off the bat. He always hit the ball very, very hard, so it was kind of about just putting it together. The thing that's been his biggest struggle probably was just consistency. Like, he would go through periods where he wasn't hitting and you're striking out a lot. Striking out is still a bit of an issue for him, but that's probably just going to come with the type of player that he's going to be. He hits the ball so hard. He swings so hard. So so um, I think last year we saw him kind of put together a really prolonged stretch where he really looked good all season other than coming off an injury where he kind of slowed down towards the end of the season. But otherwise, he was really consistent. That was something that um, the Blue Jays had always kind of been looking for from him. And so where he'll hit in the lineup is really interesting. Um, cleanup could be where he ends up. Charlie Montoyo is such a fan of like mixing up his lineup. I think I can't even count how many different lineups we had last year for the Blue Jays. And I think with some of the new pieces that they have, like kind of new toys to play with, I think 
especially early in the season, I think you'll see Montoya really mix up his lineup um, and and try different guys at different um, at different spots. But the Blue Jays have a lot of guys that could hit cleanup too. I mean, like someone like Vlad Guerrero Jr. If he kind of puts it together, he could hit there. Um, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has hit all over the lineup. So there's actually a lot of different options for them. Um, but I think Teoscar would definitely fit there. Um, I think he would thrive in that role. It's just about kind of hitting consistently. So many ways they can go, and really so many ways we can go in talking about this offense. It's a pity that we only have few for 15 minutes here, that this is just a 15-minute show, because I, I want to get into every single player. I want to get into Springer and Semien and how their addition to this team changes really everything uh, for the lineup. But we're going to put those guys to the side for the second, because you can't really have a Blue Jays show, especially a fantasy-focused Blue Jays show, and not get into Vlad Jr. Uh, people seemingly, at least with respect to where he entered the conversation in the fantasy, fantasy world a couple of years ago and where he is now uh, writing him off for lack of a better phrase you now see him selected as more like the 55th or 60th overall pick whereas when we first had him in the league we were talking more of a you know 20th or so overall pick the guy's still just 22 years old and uh, what is the outlook for Vlad Jr. this season yeah I think that this could be a big season for Vlad um I think that the first season, there was just so much pressure and hype around him. And I think with Vlad, too, he was so uber talented um, in the minor leagues that I think a lot of things, through no fault of his own, just the fact that he was so talented, um, came a little easy to him in the minor leagues um, just because he could just hit the ball so well. And so he could kind of just survive off that. Um, and I think the majors really showed um, just what a difference there is between, um, you know, the minor league pitching and major league pitching. And so I think it was a huge adjustment for him. And maybe it was a bigger adjustment than he anticipated, or he just kind of got in such a rhythm of, you know, things coming a little easier to him in the minor league. So I think I'm not you know, I'm not totally surprised that maybe he's gotten off to a slower start in his career. Um, one thing that we've all been watching um, over the offseason with Vlad is that he's really renewed his focus on um, health and fitness, um, getting into good shape. If you follow Vlad on Instagram, all winter he's been posting, um, you know, videos and, and photos of him working out. He looks like he's in really great shape. We've heard from um, GM Ross Atkins and Charlie Montoyo, the manager, and they've sort of been keeping tabs on him, obviously, and they've really praised his work this offseason. They're really happy that he's taking that, um, you know, fitness very seriously. Um, the goal for him and sort of the motivation, I think, has actually more been defensively. He wants to reclaim third base. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think the Blue Jays will give him a chance to play third base uh, because they kind of want to reward a young player for the effort that he's put in this offseason. If he stays at first base, maybe there's a little bit less pressure on him defensively, and so that can benefit him offensively, offensively as well. So, I mean, this is just my long-winded answer of saying that I do think there are certain factors um, that suggest that Vlad could have a bigger year this year, um, and I think he seems a little bit more focused um, on that, and I think he's kind of got the, um, you know, he's he's gotten enough experience now in the major leagues that he kind of knows what's it about, what's it about. So um, we'll see. But yeah, I, I would say I'm kind of, I think Vlad could be a, a, this could be his breakout season, I guess. 
Yeah, I think a lot of us are looking forward to that, hoping we see that. And like Michael said, we could really go up and down this lineup and, and you know, fill several episodes, but we should totally ignore the pitching. And in terms of the rotation goes, it would seem like Nate Pearson's really going to be a pivotal figure there, uh, and particularly if he can provide some quality innings. Uh, how many innings would you anticipate that Pearson will be allowed to pitch this year? Yeah, the Blue Jays are obviously kind of hesitant to put like a hard cap number on it just because they are kind of an organization that's a little bit more forward thinking and that they want to monitor his fatigue levels. They want to kind of be in constant communication with him about how he's feeling. And, um, you know, they'll probably use technology as well to kind of measure um, how the arm is doing. There's so many advances now. Um, So I'm not sure that they'll put a cap on it I would say that it's going to be monitored um you know I I don't have it off the top of my head maybe you guys could look it up but he he really hasn't pitched that much in the last two years he missed so much time last year and it was a weird season and then before that the Blue Jays had him on a really unique um kind of pitching regime where he would have sort of a short outing followed by a medium length outing. Um, he really wasn't allowed to go long because he was coming back from injury so um I think that the Blue Jays will definitely hesitate to um, put a hard cap on it, but I would say that his his innings will be closely monitored by them and how he'll how he's responding to pitching. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, let's take a look at uh, another starter in this rotation, Robbie Ray, a guy who has always been able to miss some bats but hasn't always married that up with uh, the sort of control that we would want to see in the fantasy world. One of the few guys who uh, can get as many strikeouts as he had and can still fall back in terms of being able to produce fantasy value. When you look at Robbie Ray for this 2021 season, how do the Blue Jays get him back to being the guy he was uh, when it seemed like he was on the cusp of breaking out with Arizona? Yeah, Robbie Ray is definitely a very interesting player. Um, I wasn't entirely surprised that they brought him back just because they seemed to kind of like him and he really liked them. Um, Blue Jays pitching coach Pete Walker has kind of built a reputation where he's getting rave reviews from pitchers. They really like the way that he works with them. He kind of combines um, like old school, new school techniques. Um, And also their their, um, bullpen coach, Matt Bushman also is kind of like a blend of old school, new school. So with Robbie Ray, um, there was some um, encouraging signs last year when he joined the Blue Jays for that last month. Um, 
he started to throw more strikes. Um, it, it still wasn't, it was still kind of below average. He still wasn't a pitcher that necessarily went out there and threw a lot of strikes. He still struggled with walks, but there was a slight uptick. I think the Blue Jays kind of advice for him was, you know, just go out there and throw strikes. And I think it's, that sounds simple, but I think it was just, you know, he is a pitcher that can throw the ball hard. He has a really dangerous fastball and you know, he, through his career, you have seen him have um, periods where he was really dominant and he was able to throw strikes. So I think with the Blue Jays, it was about sort of almost simplifying it for him and just saying, you can do this, kind of giving him that confidence and not to say that Arizona didn't. Um, There was probably a combination there where it's just a new voice talking to you. It's a new scenery. It's a new team that can kind of rejuvenate a pitcher as well. So I think, um, you know, with Robbie Ray, the Blue Jays have kind of already been able to mold him a little bit. I'm sure he's been talking to them all offseason. And the fact that, you know, they were so quick to sign him and he was so quick to come back to them kind of suggests to me that they're each confident in their plan that it'll work. Um, and the Blue Jays are not afraid to take on those pitching projects. Steven Matz is another guy um, that could probably fall in that category, maybe for different reasons, but he's also kind of this uh, project, so to speak. And, and like I was saying, the, the Blue Jays coaching staff, their kind of research and development analytics staff are also very um, connected. They all work very well together. So uh, I think the Blue Jays have a lot of confidence that they can take on some of those guys uh, that have some troublesome, troublesome tendencies and they can kind of remold them. Uh, let's uh, just uh, go to the bullpen here to, to wrap up. Um, Kirby Yates obviously uh, has done the job as a closer, but um, is there anything you think that would prevent him from being the, the sole or at least primary closer, either in terms of his health or in terms of maybe an organizational philosophy about uh, reliever usage? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that um, in terms of his health, in terms of who he is, I think that... Um, all that I've read is that the the surgery that he had last year, I think, was arthroscopic. Um, that's a hard word to say. Uh, but <laughs> I think that it was fairly minimal, minimally available. Uh, minimal um, invasive. So um, I think that he should rebound. I think he doesn't really have a history of arm trouble. Um, He is a little older, but he's also a pitcher that doesn't rely on velocity. He's kind of that rare closer where it's the split finger that's his real big weapon. Um, And so that should kind of be an advantage. Usually you can kind of say that pitchers who don't rely purely on velocity can age a little bit more gracefully. Hunjin Ryu is in that camp as well as we've seen um, on the Blue Jays. So I think Kirby Yates I would say he's the favorite to earn that closing role. The Blue Jays philosophically, I think, um, lean towards liking to have a, a set closer. In years previous, it's been Ken Giles, but then he was injured last year, so they kind of had a closer by committee. Two guys that could be in the running would be um, Dolis and Jordan Romano, who had a breakout year last year. But I think just given the pedigree and the experience of Kirby Yates, I would lean towards he's kind of the front runner for that role. And then maybe you'll see kind of some opportunities for other guys if he needs rest or anything like that. But I think the Blue Jays would like to have a set closer. And then it also kind of benefits them as well, because then they can have two guys in Dolis and Romano and even a guy they just signed yesterday, David Phelps, who has some experience late in games. And they can kind of load the back end of their bullpen. So they've got a really solid seventh, eighth and ninth inning there. 
All right. Well, uh, covered a lot of bases here, Caitlin. Really uh, appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing all this information with us and also appreciate the Hunjin Ryu love as well. So uh, on that note, we're going to wrap this up uh, for this episode on Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we always do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. So for Caitlin McGrath and for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melker, and we'll be right back here on Tuesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.